Hey guys, so last Sunday we did it again, and by did it again, I mean we didn't actually make it and record Sunday night. Why? Well, it was Easter and we were all spending time with our families. So, this is a recording discussing Season 8, Episode 2 of Game of Thrones on the Friday night death slot with myself and Romeo. However, please tune in this Sunday night where we expect to be a huge battle of Winterfell. Myself, Chris and Romeo will all be on the air on KCSS 91.9 discussing the events. So be sure to tune in around 8-ish and enjoy the ride. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash KCSS Thrones. And now, on with the show. This is Watchers of the Throne, a Game of Thrones reaction show. Watchers of the Throne, here we go. This is David. We have Romeo on the other mic. And we're going to be talking about Season 8, Episode 2, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Once again, they didn't reveal the name of this episode until the very last minute. I don't think I knew the name of the episode until after the fact. Did you know the name of the episode going in? Uh, No. It was until I started seeing all the reviews. Let's get into the plot details here. Jamie Lannister is brought before Daenerys Targaryen, Sansa Stark, and Jon Snow. Daenerys and Sansa both contemplate Jamie's fate. He defends his actions as being in service to House Lannister and reveals that Cersei was lying about sending her army. Brienne vouches for Jamie and Jon and Sansa allow Jamie to fight for them. Jamie later speaks with Bran in the Godswood and apologizes for trying to kill him, but Bran holds no anger towards Jamie. It's a great little scene here, you know. We finally have the moment that we've been waiting for for a long time, this confrontation that Jamie is going to have to have with Daenerys, with Sansa, with Jon. And it finally happens, and uh, I thought it was a really great scene, you know. And Daenerys saying, you know, my brother always talked about what we would do when we find, the, you know, find the man who murdered our father. And Jamie, Jamie, he stands up for himself here. You got to give him some credit for that. He said, "Look, guys, we were at war. I don't know. I don't think he mentioned this, but like he said, like, I hey, I killed your father because he was ready to kill a bunch of people. Like I saved thousands of people. But it also it also relates to the fact that for Daenerys." Uh, and you can kind of relate it to how Sam has Sam's relationship with his father. This person may have been a jerk. This person could, you could even say was a monster, but he's still family. He's still my father. He's still my father. And that's basically what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not so much that Aerys II was, um, the, or the Mad King, as most people know him as, was a good person or a loving father. He doesn't remember him. But Jimmy represents her having to flee her home and being sold off many times and having to fight her way through her entire existence to this moment where she's standing before the man who's caused 
so much pain. Granted, a lot of people had a hand in it, but mm-hmm. he's the physical representation because he's the king slayer. And I can understand her anger. And of course, the only saving grace that she would have with him is the Lannister army. Where are they? Oh, Cersei Lighthouse. So what good are you? It's a, and, and stepping in like Daenerys's like point of view in her shoes, you, you kind of have to read with her. What good are you? You have one hand. You can't even fight that well. Yeah, but what he he good, does have leadership experience. But though he's not granted those leadership role either. It's like yeah. if it wasn't for Brienne stepping in saying he can fight under my under my command. He he would have been sent off. He would I don't think he would have been executed. He just would have been sent off. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. Or or kept in the dungeons. I really do with Sansa's turn because when Brienne steps forward and which makes me think more and more Sansa's a better leader than Daenerys is she's willing to listen to her advisors. Same with John and that makes me nervous for Daenerys because they're treating Daenerys and I don't know is if they're trying to make the like the, the well, argument well, that John is will be a better leader to to position him to get the Iron Throne but it seems like they're making Daenerys out to be like this unruly spoiled brat and I kind of feel like well no is that's her leadership style it's not Daenerys's fault that she's been acting resentful towards her advisors because Tyrion has really screwed up exactly really screwed up she has every right to be upset towards him mm-hmm. uh, she has every right to be annoyed at Varys because Varys has shown that he's out for the realm not necessarily like he thinks Daenerys is best for the realm it's a better option comes but along a better, if there's a better option that comes along guess what Varys is going to do it's understandable how she acts the way that she acts towards her advisors. Brienne has never let down Sansa to date. That's why Sansa is able to mm-hmm. trust her word as much as she did in this scene. And I like how Daenerys is still trying to remind Sansa to some extent that John is the Warden of the North. When she's like, what do you think, Warden of the North? <laughs> He's just kind of like... We need all the men we can get. Yeah, and and John's practical. Yeah, I mean, and he, I think part of him also feels that his conversation with Arya kind of woke him up a little bit, where he's like, "Oh, Arya's kind of right. Like, I I need to side with Sansa more. I need to side with my family more because in the end, family is what's most important." Yeah. Even though he learns the news of Daenerys, he has come to terms now that oh, maybe I don't know Daenerys as well as I thought, but I know Sansa and I know Arya. And I can mm-hmm. trust them. We we definitely saw the shift in tides here for John in that moment. Yeah, and it, w- it was kind of refreshing because at the end of the day, whatever happens with Jon Snow, Sansa is gonna is the future of House Stark. Oh no, yeah, because I think that's how John would want and, it, and that's and how the people would want it too at this point. If, we, if we're looking at a historical figures, I feel like they're setting up to be someone like Mary Queen of Scots. Because they kind of have, because her and Daenerys kind of have this friendly rivalry in a sense. And we see it in, um, I guess, the next part we'll get to, where they're discussing um, the future once they win against the Night King. I feel like Daenerys is Elizabeth in this in this, uh, in this this world. Someone of House Targaryen is going to get the throne, which, for all intents and purposes, it could be Jon, and he could be their answer to um, um, James, King James of Scotland, who actually was the first to unite both scotland and england well maybe that's what they need in terms of jamie speaking with bran in the godswood jamie asking bran why didn't you tell them bran says they would have executed on the spot kind of need you right now you know it's as close to a reconciliation as we were gonna get out of bran jamie it's unfortunate to be him because 
He's carrying so much baggage. Like, yeah, yeah he has made that turn. He is a good mm-hmm. person now. But there is so many terrible he, things that he's done that he just can never he, be forgiven I for. See, and he has to carry that. Yeah, and it's hard to carry no, that no, weight. I see him as a broken man. Oh, yeah, exactly. He, he's a he, broken man. Who's ready to die. Yeah. I, I think. And I, and, I, and I have this feeling that the last good thing is protecting someone he cares about. I, I, I can't see him walking out of the Sunday night's episode. How he can would, he? He's one-handed. He's not a great yeah, fighter anymore. Yeah, he would have, I would be angry if Brianne sacrifices her life for him. I would be so angry. It would be the nightly thing to do, though. That's the problem. It would be. And they walk in, like, they walking dead at her so hard oh, this man. episode. Well, I'm like, yup, she's dead. Yeah, right. Well, we'll definitely get to our Deadpool later. Yeah. I don't think Jamie's ever looking for for forgiveness but mm-hmm. i think to some extent he wanted forgiveness from bran and he's he's not going to get it because bran's not bran anymore i also felt like the scene was cut a little short and we'll get into that later because there was another scene that i felt was cut short too mm-hmm. and i do wonder because it was cut short maybe something that we didn't see might play in later in the season so i wonder if we're on the same mm-hmm. wavelength of yeah. that jora he speaks with uh, Daenerys in private and uh, admitting that he was heartbroken when she chose Tyrion as her hand, but believes that she made the right choice. I don't know if she made the right choice. We get it. Tyrion is a very smart man. But w- would you say that he is the right choice? Do you, or do you think Jorah is more appropriate king, uh, hand of the queen to uh, Daenerys? I think in the long run, Tyrion is because he understands Westeros. If Jorah had, wasn't banished to Essos as early as he was, I think he can provide it with his knowledge about the kings and how everything's laid out. But he's relying on too old information. This is going to be from Jorah that he doesn't believe he's worthy of such a position because he's betrayed her. He's always gone back on his war saying, yeah, I'll leave, but he always comes back, which you can see them not as a d- deficit to his character, but more as um, points in his loyalty. But in the long run, Tyrion knows all the day-to-day stuff. I think where Jorah comes in is being the angel on her shoulder, which I think would be a much more effective role as being a confidant than, say, Hand of the King, where the Hand of the King has to do a lot of shady stuff just to get everyone in line. Yeah. That's not Jorah's strongest suit. Jorah's strength comes in being a therapist to Daenerys and, and making her see the same way um, Sir Barristan was. Giving Daenerys an other point of view that her other advisors like um, Masanda and Grey Worm aren't able to do that for her. In a sense, yeah, Jorah's right. Every, like the, the, the nitty gritty stuff of ruling, you want Tyrion. And we do learn in this episode through conversation with Jamie, Tyrion still very much believes in Daenerys. Yeah, because there was that shade of doubt that you kind of feel at the end of last season and maybe even a little bit into this season as she kind of lashes out at him a couple times. But even after all that, he still very much believes in her. That spoke volumes to me in this episode. I think the concern, she's giving away the most valuable thing, or her, her marriage prospects. Yeah. That's valuable in Westeros. Speaking of winning over, Sansa and Daenerys clear the air between them on their mutual affection of John, but Daenerys has no answer when Sansa asks what will happen to the North once Daenerys takes the Iron Throne. That's a legitimate question. Yeah, well, because they can't keep playing this game. It sounds as absolutely right. Like, we don't want to be part of this anymore. Like, we, we can't keep doing this because every time we do, mm-hmm. we get screwed over. She can't really take the North unless she completely decimates it. And then what's the point? But once the war is over... 
There's no need for the wall. The wall's going to come down. So you have this massive land. That's too much land for one ruler. And and it happened in England, too, with, with the empire. Little by little, they realized these people have right to their land and little by little they're slowly um, seceding from the empire and i think that's the smartest move for the north it's so interesting that at one point daenerys says she wanted to break the wheel she's not she's not and i and that's so fascinating that she's approached with a question a legitimate question like this and she's not even thinking about that how she wanted to originally break the wheel like she's gotten to the point where she's like uh, she's backtracking on it and that's Scary. I think this is where Sansa comes in with Tyrion. The discussion needs to be had with uh, Jorah, Tyrion, and Daenerys. Yeah. The, the North is going to win them, win her the throne. Yeah. And what's their appropriate reward? Their independence. Well, this conversation gets interrupted by the return of Theon, who declares that he wishes to fight for the Starks. Good to see Theon back, having a heartwarming moment there with Sansa. Sansa, I guess you could say, breaking character, emotionally hugging Theon in that moment. You when know, two people have been through a traumatic event together, mm-hmm. that bond is never broken. And I and I agree with and I agree with your sentiment there. I, it's a lot because they left on good terms. Yeah, he's redeemed himself, and at least in Sansa's eyes, it's just everyone else. Uh, at the War Council, Bran reveals that the Night King will pursue him personally, as Bran recalls the Night King attempting to kill several prior uh, Three-Eyed Ravens, the bearers of humanity's memories. He persuades the Council to let him act as bait in the Godswood to lure the Night King, who hath previously marked Bran. Theon volunteers to defend Bran with the Ironborn. After the Council adjourns, Tyrion approaches Bran and asks to hear of Bran's adventures since they last met. So what do you think of now that we kind of get the motive of why the Night King is coming after Bran himself? It's good old-fashioned revenge. uh, What they did to him, part of the when he was the part of the first men that came to Westeros. Yeah, which is really unfortunate. But in the end, he's 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 literally the Grim Reaper. His goal, his job, his existence is to wipe out everything. And the Three Eye Raven is a living representation of the history of, of men. And you take him out, you take the last thing that can stop him. So strategically, it's um, it makes sense why he wants to get rid of them. Yeah. Get rid of the Three Eyed Raven. He, he already wiped out the Throne of the Forest. And so we get this discussion about Tyrion and Bran having. Um, I mentioned earlier how the conversation between Jamie and brand felt like it got cut short but the conversation between Tyrion and Bran got also got cut short, and that to me has more significance. What did they talk about? And, yeah. and I feel like this is an opportunity for Tyrion to who, learn more to, about his capabilities yeah. and what he can actually do. Yeah, there, yeah. I think a lot of that conversation that happened off screen is going to play into the next couple episodes. And I'm thinking, like, from Tyrion's point of view, maybe he's going to validate a few things too. Mm-hmm. Since he can't go into the past, maybe figure out, get confirmation about John's true heritage. I mean, he might have an idea because we have to remember that Oberyn did said that uh, Rhaegar Targaryen ran off with his sister, Lyanna Stark. Yeah, his sister-in-law. And started a war yeah. and, and all that. So there could be an yeah. idea that Tyrion has, that has, yeah. he has no confirmation for, that illegitimate child is not actually Ned's. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a whole other discussion that we've had before, yeah. because there's no way the smartest people in Westeros haven't deduced 
that's not Ned Stark's kid. Like, there, there's just no way. There's no way, yeah. He could have learned this through Brandon off screen. Yeah, there's a lot unsaid, which opens up a lot of possibilities, which I feel like is unfortunate. Yeah, uh, because I us. feel like I feel like there's got to be something Tyrion is going to bring to this battle. Yes. And that something is... And that was the question. This what whole he learns through Bran. This yeah. whole question, this whole episode. He should be asking, hey, is the crypts the safest place to be? And where are those tunnels that you used to escape? They couldn't resist because dropping this all episode, right? Yeah, because he keeps saying, we'll go to the crypts. It's the safest place. In- no, it's not. Dead people. <laughs> yeah, right. There's dead people down there. Are we going to get reanimated um, Leanna Stark and Headless Ned? That's all I, also I want to know. <sighs> I don't know, man. Headless Ned. I, I hope not. I, I just think that'd be silly. Hopefully, it's just a misdirect. John, Sam, and Ed reminisce about their time together in the Night's Watch. Masande, she's uncomfortable around Northerners. She suggests a Grey Worm that they go home to her homeland of Noth, as she says Noth, <laughs> but I look at it as Nath. <laughs> after the war the with the, yeah, right. After the war with the Unsullied to defend the peaceful people of her country. Uh, Arya asks Gendry why Melisandre wanted him, and Gendry recounts how. She pretended to seduce him in order to leech his royal blood, revealing to Arya that he is Robert Baratheon's son. Arya and Gendry sleep together, and Arya wants to lose her virginity because she expects that she might die in the impending battle. I wonder if Gendry put a prince in Arya. That's all I'm saying. Um, so needless to say, I, searching on the internet spiked with Maisie Williams' age. People were very disturbed the, the, by this scene. HBO and the showrunners put a letter out that hey, Arya's 18. I'm, I'm like, but if we're really going to follow the show's history and stuff, when she came of age, she can bear tr- they would have married her off if she was still in Winterfell. And I felt because of that, that kind of ruined it because I easily picked up all the clues. And I felt like that kind of ruined it for me because I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's it ruined happen. it for me it's too. Happen. Even though I boldly predicted it last week, well, yeah. I, I still well, I still yeah. felt like it was it was ru- ruined a little bit for me. Um, I, I get it, guys. When we first started watching the show, the actor was what 12 or something yes. you know <laughs> or, or maybe 13 or something but yeah she was young i get that and we've seen her grown up and so it can be a little disturbing when you when you see her topless not com- well you know you don't see everything topless but you see some things and mm-hmm. i can understand how this could be disturbing for you it's almost like seeing a little sister grow up or a, a friend's sister grow up you know and you don't want to see that but guys come on be grown-ups about it it is what it is is she's a grown woman. She's a character. Macy Williams was asked by Benioff and Weiss, given her control of how much she actually wanted to show in the scene. She was in complete control of the scene. The character was in complete control of the scene. And I'm happy for Arya that she has found her her true identity, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, because she's not truly a faceless man. She is Arya Stark of Winterfell. Yeah. So she has this she's she has this wonderful blend now to mm-hmm. her she she's fully complete now and she was in control of this moment that she really wanted because rightfully so it's her last night and she she wants to have this experience and i love the conversation she had with gender he's like how many women and he's like i don't know i don't keep count yeah right you've been keeping count and he's like three no i i found the scene totally fine i i didn't have any problems with it i, I think the know, overreaction was silly i, I don't know there was, do you think there, because she has a young face that just kind of disturbs that, people that could be it and i also think people were concerned like in the aftermath of it where this 
look of worry, like maybe it was regret, maybe she acted too hastily. Sure. Which, and I think that that's rational. I, th- I think for some people of the first time, I think that, that that's a genuine reaction because it's like heat of the moment. But yeah. then what if I do survive? What happens then? What happens next? Tyrion, Jamie, Brienne, Podrick, Davos, and Tormund gather in the meeting hall to drink before the battle. Conversation turns to why women, and in particular Brienne, cannot be knighted in response to Tormund's remark. He would knight Brienne with, without hesitation, Jamie knights an emotional Brienne instead. Yeah, it was a really uh, heartwarming moment, you know? Uh, that was that was brilliant. Yeah, it was um, very well done. Which is something that Jamie could have done all along. It's like this particular moment. I don't like that any knight yeah. can make someone see, a knight. Like, see, I'm like, like <laughs> this should have happened a long time ago then. Well, then, well I get that. But yeah, it's but... also it's also reckless. Because I can imagine a, many a drunken knight who just knights someone for well, the but, <laughs> because they can, yeah, because, you know? Uh, you would think it would be royalty that do it. It, it. For me, it just feels reckless. Like any knight can do it. I don't I don't like that at all. Yeah. But it's still, and that doesn't take anything away from the moment. It's no, still, it it's still yeah. a really great moment. Yeah. Because even if Jamie was lying, it's still a really great moment. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe he was lying. <laughs> I bet no one's thought of that angle. Oh. What if, what if Jamie was lying just He's, to make Brienne feel better? Yeah. Going into battle. Because they, right, they all could die. Jorah asks, uh, Lena Mormont, his cousins who remain in the crypts of Winterfell during the fight, but she refuses to comply. Lena Mormont. I feel like it's worth noting. They're setting her up to die, right? Uh, I don't he, know. Because they kind of make a big deal. She's the future of the house. Feeling like it's just... setting up that if she does die, that he reclaims Bear Island and sort of gets back what he was taking from him all those years ago. Is that what they're trying to set up? I don't know if that's what they're trying to set up, but I like the theory. Because I, I feel like they're like he's got a Valyrian sword. He's made a big deal about the house, and it's Lyanna's bullheadedness. And we know he's that a good puts fighter. Puts her in danger. Yeah. No, no, I, I didn't even think of that. It's a really good theory. I haven't heard anyone mention that sort of theory. It's good that you put that one out there. This is the kind of information you get from Watchers of the Throne. Sam approaches Jorah and gives him House Tarly Valerian's sword, Heartsbane, out of the gratitude for the influence Jorah's father, Jer, had on him. It's a nice moment. It's funny how these swords keep getting passed around from one another. You know, John mm-hmm. has the Mormon sword. Mm-hmm. Jorah now has a Tarly sword. Brienne has um, Brienne has Jamie's ice. Jamie's uh, uh, sword, Oathkeeper. Which is uh, broken down from ice and jamie has joffrey's sword widow's whale which is going to be used on cersei because yeah. widow's whale well, yeah. but, but, but in a <laughs> no, sense but. if you think about it the stark and Cersei ruling both parts of it are now actually home yeah. in winterfell yeah both of them which are home is something winterfell. i didn't realize until now mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's kind of nice but it is important to track where all these valyrian swords are all right so daenerys visits john of the crypts where john is standing in front of Lyanna stark statue john reveals that sam and bran told him of his parentage she questions whether this information having come from John's brother and best friend is reliable fair uh, she further notes that if it is true John would have claimed to the Iron Throne implicitly alluding to a potential conflict between them before John can respond they are interrupted by horn blast signaling the approach of army of the dead I think this was a Game of Thrones version of a breakup the thing that annoys me the most is it's not upset that their nephew and an aunt it's about the throne and it shows how callous Daenerys is even though it's a legitimate question it's a legitimate question I think because she was always under the assumption growing up she was going to marry her brother mm-hmm. so it didn't really disturb her just, initially just like, just like um, Aegon Targaryen the first yeah yeah like it's a Targaryen thing. It's a Targaryen thing. So so it's like, to her, it's like a step up. It's like, oh, it's just my uncle. Or not my uncle. Oh, it's just my nephew. It's not my my brother. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. 
then again, but then again, she she was always opposed to that idea because she saw like eventually saw her marriage um, to Cal Drogo as an escape of that tradition, and ever since she's trying to break those traditions, so it's kind of disappointing. Like that's her initial reaction. It's more about okay, or the throne, you're gonna steal this from me. Is essentially what it is, and and I and I kind of feel for her because technically, if it wasn't that he was a male, she would have a stronger claim. It's a tough moment for both sides here. I think John understands that he doesn't want to be the rightful heir to the throne. Or I can see him abdicating for love on the condition that the North is, is independent. This could actually be an angle where he uses as leverage to have the North independent from... Yes. and the free folk, because that's the thing, too. Like, he's also thinking about the free folk. Like, those are all these people. It'd be an interesting angle. I feel like it'd be too on the nose, these two people warring for the throne. And if I know George R. R. Martin, that his intent to have these two figures fighting against each other is never at the point of his books. And it just doesn't feel right with what's been set up in the story. Yeah. Alright, so that pretty much does it for the discussion of the episode. Now we need to dive in real quick of doing a quick Deadpool. I think Theon's dead. Yeah, he's, he's going to sacrifice himself for, for Bran. Yeah, I, I really like that moment mm-hmm. between him and Sansa uh, when they're eating. You see Theon, uh, much like Jamie, he's just kind of he's kind of like a broken man, but he, he's trying to trying to find that road to redemption. Yeah. And, and I think Theon, like Jamie, ultimately won't find peace until he's dead. I think all the Starks stay alive, including John. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> John is stupid lucky. Like there are those folks that put themselves in danger's way and they end up okay. And I feel like John's one of those folks. I have a theory that Daenerys is going to have an opportunity to save him, but instead she saves herself. And it could be a turning point of conflict. Well, because it, this battle will really show people's true colors. Mm-hmm. Are you all, are you all in it together, or are you in it for yourself? This is how Daenerys proves herself to the North. Yeah, and and, and, and knowing Daenerys' track record, regardless of how she feels about people under her command, she always looks after her people. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing you say. That's, that's one one of the best qualities of Daenerys Targaryen. If they fight for her, and Jon's still committed to fighting for her. Okay. Okay, well, all right, let me throw some names out so that we can just get through this real quick. Sure. Tyrion. I think alive. I think he and Bronn have unfinished business. Tyrion alive. Jamie. I want to see alive too. I am going to say say alive because they they have that Bronn arc. Unfinished business, yeah. So I'm going to say alive. Uh, and Brienne. Susie. Uh, dead. Brienne's dead to me as well. I feel uh, sad about this, but yes, I think so. Podrick, also dead. Oh. Uh, Maybe. I don't think uh, he's going to be able to hold his own throughout this entire battle. I think he's I, dead. I, I think I think he's going to cause the death of someone. Davos. I think he, uh, I think he avoids all the situations and stays alive. I, if he dies to protect that little kid, I'm going to be so annoyed. You're right. Tormund. He's dead as well. Yeah. Yeah. Dolores Ed. I think I think Ed is dead as well. Yeah. Beric Dondarrion. Dead. This is his whole purpose. Yeah. I think we're finally going to figure out what his purpose is in this yes. episode. I have a weird prediction too. Melisandre is going to come back. I don't think that's weird at all. I think that's, that's she, been circling she, around. She has a purpose, and this is it. Let's not forget, she wasn't happy that Stannis didn't take her with him to the Battle of the Blackwater. Was not happy at all. She mm-hmm. felt like she had a role. Uh, a role in it. I think she'll be back with the whole order. Uh, Grey Worm. Dead, man. He's got to be dead. Yeah. We get Grey Worm's death, and Masande leaves mm-hmm. because of it. Arya, live or dead? I alive. say alive. Uh, Gendry. Dead. I'm going to say dead. I don't want him to die, but, but I'm I, going I, to say but it. But I think it'll be put Arya in an interesting position if she, is, she, is, she does get impregnated with his kid. I puts her in a position because 
because she's carrying the last Baratheon. The hound? Did I say the hound? No, you did not say the hound. Okay, what about the hound? It survives. I think the hound inexplicably survives. Sansa. We didn't talk about Sansa. Alive. Alive. I'm not really worried about her. We're going to have a a dead start. I don't think so. I don't think Sansa's going to die. I just don't. I I see Jon. Well, it all depends if all this prophecy nonsense actually lives up to something. Because they keep shoving it down our throats. (sighs) So it it just has to. I think Sansa was the last name, right? I mean, uh, except for Bran. Do you want to see? I mean, Bran lives, right? I mean, or at least he, Uh he either lives or he transcends to something beyond what he is now. I actually think Bran lives. Oh, uh, Sam lives. I think Sam lives. I, and you can also include Gilly and, and Little Sam in that category too. Because if anything, he'll die protecting them. Jorah? And Jorah. I still hold to my theory. I like now it. That, now that he has everything, I think Liana Mormont is because of her stubbornness. I don't, yeah, I think, I think Jorah lives. And I also think Liana dies because she's just too small. It's the same thing I said about Arya. It's like these kids are just not yeah. strong enough to hold their own against yeah, these barrage of White Walkers. Yeah, they should yeah. be on Bear Island. But <laughs> do you think Varys is his time? Because remember, people keep telling him he's gonna die. Varys knows when to get out of Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> he, like he, he's gonna find a way. He's gonna find a way. Which, I just want to know where the Reeds are. Where's Mira? Where's her dad, Howland Reed, who was there with Ned Stark when Jon was born? These are characters that are part of the North, and they're not there, and that's and they're not taken out by the White Walkers because they're actually south of Winterfell, and the White Walkers haven't traveled south of Winterfell yet. They missed out on that. I, I, I'm sad that I'm not seeing these characters. It's a good validity case for Howland to say, oh yeah, John is actually Lyanna's baby. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that too, but I also think just time-wise, again, I'll open up um, a whole branch of storytelling that with the limited episodes, and this is they don't have time for. Shout out to uh, a ghost appearance in this episode. Not doing yep. much, but he's there. Yep, he's there. <laughs> His time too will end soon. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Ghost um, dies in this episode. Uh, dragon battles. I believe there will be dragon battles. I believe one of the two dragons will die, and I also think the ice dragon will die as well. Well, yeah, because once you take out the Night King, every um, raid he creates disappears. 82-minute episode. One of the biggest battle sequences ever filmed. This is a lot of work. They were filming at night. It was cold. It was miserable. This is real, man. This is this is real stunt work right here. So I'm, I'm super pumped for this. I can't wait to watch it, and I hope it doesn't disappoint. We could be wrong about many of our death predictions, but mm-hmm. we need that pain. As crazy as it sounds, sometimes we just need that pain. That does it, man. Again, we're going to talk about this episode Sunday night after it airs. It's going to be me, Romeo, Chris is going to be joining us. I can't wait. And uh, that does it. See you guys next week. 